Abba Yahweh, Father God, the blessing, the sharing of your word to the brothers and sisters, and these processes of thought and understanding through your knowledge and wisdom, Father Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Barakitos, Aman. Brothers and sisters, I share with you more again, and you know, this is something that I really, really enjoy doing, and understanding again too, I invite you yet again to try my spirit because the spirit that I have and the spirit that I put is the spirit of truth. I'm not going to make up things for you to ooh and ah at Raven Whitehawk. This is to ooh and ah and hallelujah and glory to the Lord God Almighty for he created us all. He is sovereign over all even in what we consider to be a desolate place and what we see and perceive, God is sovereign and we must trust and have faith in him. I share this often with you, brothers and sisters, but we seem to be readily able to put faith in a mechanic that we don't see do what he or she claims to do to the automobile to keep it going, but yet... We will take out the checkbook, the credit card, or the cash and pay that bill, and in some cases, just an astronomical amount of money, and pay that, and didn't see that the work was done, and yet we have problem in putting our faith and trust in God, who we don't see, and tithing and putting an offering in the plated church. So... I'm kind of baffled, and there are those that claim to be Christian to do the same thing. They won't tithe, and they won't put offering in the plate, but they'll readily go out to a really nice dinner after church and pay an astronomical amount of money because it's a very special restaurant, or they will go and do something else for themselves, but they have a problem with tithing and putting money in the coffers at church and their claim is that all oh, the church just takes the money for themselves <clears throat> well brothers and sisters you need to do some self-examination if you find yourself in that category and as i've shared with you before if the shoe fits wear it and if it doesn't then don't sit about and whine and cry about what i said in the podcast don't cry about it, just disregard it. It doesn't apply to you, so don't play the offensive victimized card on the in the table game all the time. Don't throw that down there. I mean, that gets ridiculous. It gets old after a while. Just ignore it, let it go, and it doesn't apply to you. And those that it does apply to, do some self-examination, get into the Word. And brothers and sisters, this is not just pointed directly at anyone out there. There's things that I need to self-examine and things that I need to check on, and I'm going to share that with you in this portion of what I have to say as well, because I find myself to be falling into that category. And what this is about, brothers and sisters, this is approaching God in silence, setting aside that quiet time and being a part and blocking out all the distractions that we have going on in the world and focus 
on that unseen, which is God. Don't allow ourselves and don't allow our senses to dominate that time and space that we have set aside for God. And we have a tendency to do that. Quiet time. We should be in meditation, thinking about God, taking time off from all the things that go on out in the world. Now, here's my, my guilt that I have, and, and I readily admit to, <clears throat> and laying it before the Lord. I pick up this little silly device that I use to share with you all, and I pick it up and I have this addiction to solitaire, but it's a, I play it differently because I play triple rows and it really stimulates my mind. But that is a distraction from the quiet time that I should be meditating on God. I share my prayers and that, but then I'll pick this thing up and I go into that mode. But the time would be better spent in relationship with my Father God and sharing time with Him, which He enjoys when we do that. Trust me in this, brothers and sisters. All the emotions and things that we feel, where do you think that comes from? The sadness and the heartache and the joy and the peace and the elation when things happen. Where do you think that that comes from? It comes from God. God is a part and parcel in all of us. Every part of us, we have him in us by all things, all things by him consist, which means that he is in a part and holding us together and part of him is in all of us. We don't just exist. He didn't just make us and throw us out here and toss a bit of this emotion, a bit of that emotion. Part of God is in all of us. The emotions, the desires, everything he had that are we have in us that we are comes from our Father God. It comes from our Father God. Now, the Prince of the Air, I've shared that name with you before because Satan has many, many names. God has a list of names that describe, describe his character and his attributes and the things that he does all that are part of him. Satan has many names of his character, which is opposite of God, because every blessing and every good thing of the Father God, Satan has to darken things and take things away. Prince of the air. <clears throat> now, how do you think that this cellular telephone functions and things get back and forth in the phone calls you make? It's a thing called bandwidth. And all these antennas, when you go out and you look everywhere, Brothers and sisters, there are more and more and more of these things appearing. They have them up on giant, they look like lampposts, but they're not lampposts. And you look up toward the top and there's a, this whole array of these antennas. And then you look in some areas and these somewhat poorly disguised pine trees those are, oh my gosh, it's an array of antennas. If you get close enough and you look at them, there's a whole array of antennas that are built into this thing. And they try to hide it in the fact that it's a, a big plastic artificial pine tree. They haven't developed the technique to make uh, 
make it look like other trees, and I don't think they disguise as well. The pine tree seems to be able to shape and, and do that, but very poorly done. <laughs> okay, so my point being is that these arrays are out there, and this little device, it detracts from interpersonal relationship, separation of not only men and women from each other and their children, but from God as well, the distraction to take us and keep us away from God. God made us as a gathering people to be together, to be have interpersonal relationship, to share time with each other, with him. And the prince of the air and his design is to keep that from happening. And when you look around you, you have people that are driving down the road. I was running some errands yesterday in the heat of the day, went down and here's his Yahoo going down the freeway in the center lane and trying to press at least 80 miles an hour, wasn't quite doing it because he was getting caught up in traffic. And as I went by him, I looked over and this guy's got his cell phone in his hand up about shoulder height and he's just blabbing away as he's driving with one hand. He's got the cell phone up in his face. I'm, I'm curious as to why, and I'm gonna put the name out there, Texas. Why haven't you outlawed this? It's been outlawed in nearly every other state in the United States, but you allow this to continue here. And brothers and sisters, people do the silliest things. But that's just one example. I see people that are downtown that the GPS system isn't going to work because they're down in the middle of these high-rise buildings and steel and girders that interfere with that bandwidth and the GPS doesn't function. I've watched people go up one street, down again, look at the GPS, and they can't figure it out. So then they go down another street and down another street. And there are people, myriads of people walking by. Do they stop and ask anyone at all or stop them? Say, excuse me, can you tell us how to find? No, they don't. They don't talk to each other. They continue looking on this silly device. I happened to come by. I opened the door. I looked over at them and I said, can I help you find something? You seem lost. Oh, we got it. Okay. And then the wife puts her hand on the husband's shoulder because he's determined he's going to keep using the GPS, which is not working. And she goes, yeah, we're looking for so-and-so, so-and-so. I said, oh, you go down two streets, turn to your left and go down three doors and you're right there. Wham, bada bing. <laughs> and she smiled, acknowledged, and the guy just sort of waved his hand off. He was determined to be that guy who was going to have the answer that he didn't have. And many of us get caught up in that. This electronic device, I've watched a mother and son who were out to a dinner who were so enthralled with this electronic thing, they didn't acknowledge each other. They didn't even converse with one another. They didn't acknowledge the hostess. They didn't acknowledge the waitress. And they didn't even bother offering anything when people brought their food to them. And during the whole time, between bites and shoving food in their face and not conversing with one another, they were on this electronic device. So, I'm saying that to say this. Do not allow the prince of the air to manipulate this usage. It is a tool. It was designed to be a tool, but to be used with good judgment. And that goes for any tool in the toolbox. Guys, you don't pick up a sledgehammer and stick your hand where the head of the nail is or, or a, a roofing hammer, a finishing hammer. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there are hammers out there with um, 
designs on the head. It, it looks like a meat tenderizer, but it's not. It's a, it's a roofing hammer. And uh, let me tell you, I got my hand in the wrong place and smashed my forefinger with that. Oh, my gosh. It hurt. It hurt like heck. And it looked like I had tenderized a piece of meat. Wow, did that hurt. But you have to use good judgment, brothers and sisters. It's a tool. The tools are used for a purpose, and you've got to be cautious with them. The same thing with this silly thing, this little electronic device. Be cautious with this, but most importantly, be aware that the prince of the air manipulates this. It drives it to overstimulate our senses. If you and there's people that say, "Oh, I just you know when I lay down and I'm tired, I, I'll I'll pick it up and I'll read something on it, and you know so I can sleep and it makes me tired." It doesn't do that. It overstimulates the brain cells, and then your brain cells, the synapse in the brains and the nerves that are going on in your brain, they start over becoming overactive. Your, your brain becomes stimulated. You're not going to lay down and go to a restful sleep. You may close your eyes. You may be tired, but it's not a restful sleep because the synapse in your brain is going absolutely bonkers. They've been overstimulated, and so your restful sleep has been diminished. This is a thing that Satan looks to do as well. That time at night to quiet, meditate on God, be still, and share with him, and take a rest. It's intended for us to rest. So we have to practice those things. Uh, the things that uh, we have seen, we tend to put more credence into what we can see than what we don't see. And things in this world, brothers and sisters, still show and express the glory of God and his being with us. And you remember that I've shared with you before that, that nature itself shouts the glory of God and his might and his majesty. And there's going to be no excuse, no excuse for any person, anyone to come and say, God, I didn't know. God's going to say, excuse me, my creation was screaming out to you every single day. All you had to do was look around and bend your spiritual ears and your spiritual sight to see that. Remember, brothers and sisters, we walk by faith and not by sight. Not by the physical sight that people think about all the time. And in the Bible, numerous locations in the Bible, it talks about having ears and seeing, it's not talking about the physicality, the biological eyes and hearing, brothers and sisters. It's talking about spiritual ears and sight. Like Jesus Christ in his teaching, every single time that he was before the Sanhedrin, and they started getting all lippy and sarcastic and belittling and demeaning, he would just say, they that have ears, let them hear. Meaning, they didn't have spiritual hearing. They weren't hearing what he was teaching. And he wasn't going to be about explaining it. The parabolic speech that Jesus Christ was learned from the Father. If you go back to the Old Testament, many of his prophets 
were given parabolic speech from God. God, when he spoke specifically to Moses and Jeremiah and Isaiah and Elisha, and all, many times he used parabolic speech. I believe, <clears throat> and my, my thought process is there's a, a specific reason for that. And that specific reason would be to get us that want to know and want to hear to lean into his teaching, to lean into God and hear what he has to say. Those that are just about their world and their life and walking around, they're not going to hear it and understand. They're not going to lean in to hear it. They'll hear it and they'll just bypass and it'll go as the old adage, in one ear and out the other. But they that have spiritual ears are going to stop that in the middle and they're going to ponder these things and these words that are said. And they're going to do that because they want to hear, learn, and understand. So I'm going to share here out of 2 Corinthians 4 and... 18, and this is a reminder of that very thing. Oh, actually, I'm going to start in verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish. That's the tangible man, the physicality, and the worldly man or woman. Yet Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The spiritual man or woman is renewed day by day. The grace that God gives and new mercies I see as the song speaks to that very thing. Great is thy faithfulness. New mercies I see. So let me help and I'll refresh your memory to this. And if you don't know this and you're hearing it for the first time, this is factual and it is also scriptural. The breath that we draw in every single day and the fact that we walk and breathe and are able to even go about our day is because of the grace of God who decided not to destroy the world as he did in the day of Noah because Jesus Christ came and sacrificed for us. And the mercies that God gives is that he does not rain down on us the things that we deserve. Do you think that we deserve in any way, shape, or form, pardon me, the atrocities that we perpetrate on each other, the derisiveness that we cast towards one another, the blacks, the whites, the Asians, the Mexicans, the Indians, the Hindus, People take great delight in making fun of their speech, their skin color, or what they are. We have people that are elected into positions that are absolutely filled with hate speech and derision and derisiveness and are pushing that. And yet when anyone speaks out against them, they're just the comments that are made are, oh, you're just racist and you're bigoted toward women and blah, blah, blah. Well, excuse me. Is that not what we're talking about right now? Yeah, it is. People want to be argumentative about that and, oh, you're racist because of this and you're a bigot because of that. They don't even know the definition of the terms that they're throwing around, but yet they use them mightily. This is a thing that I'm talking about. We must cease all that. 
allow the inward man and woman to be renewed by God's grace and his mercies, and that we then reflect that light, which is Jesus Christ in us and the Holy Spirit to guide us. I've shared this with you before, that the, that the lights have a reflective plate that is around them. It's not just the, the oil lamps, the, those lighthouses that were built in the time of the Greeks and Phoenician lighthouse, one of the greatest, I believe that's one of the, the uh, seven wonders of the world, this, this immense lighthouse. And it could be seen from so far out in the ocean. Do you think that was simply the oil that was being burned in it? No, it was not. It was a reflective plate that was on the back of this so that that light would shine out into the ocean so that sailors that were forlorn and dismayed and discouraged and they were lost, all of a sudden they look up and they saw the light. And they said, ah, we're home. And that they went toward that lighthouse. And the lighthouses in those days were put in a special place and they knew that they had to go to a certain side of the lighthouse when entering into the port and then they were safe. They were in a safe haven. We are that lighthouse, brothers and sisters, to reflect that light into the sea of darkness and the world of hate and derision so that they, that people can look and see that reflective light and say, oh, safety, let's go find out what's there. And then they come and you share the word, you speak the word, you invite them to church and then they exclaim, safe haven, thank you. And they may not say thank you to you and that doesn't matter whether they say thank you to you or not. Thanks be to God that he was able to use you as a conduit as he uses me. He blesses me mightily simply by the fact that I'm able to do this and that he trusts me with the treasury of his word, which is a treasure. It is a, a box full of gems and gold and silver and precious stones beyond any imagination that we have in our mental capacity, our finite minds. Look and study with the infinite knowledge and wisdom of Lord God. Continuing on, why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal God, sovereign God Almighty. That is in 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18. And brothers and sisters, I share with you too, that if we go into the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And this is an important thing, what I was sharing before. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord of creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't catnap. He's ever watching us, loving us, caring and being compassionate over us and, and wanting to, to do what he can. But yet there are many that will turn away. And there is no searching of his understanding. We cannot 
fathom in our finite minds and our thought process what God could possibly be thinking when he does that. It is not for us to, to ponder and not for us to try to figure out and not to question what he does. He is sovereign. That means he is above all else, all things, and we don't question. Have to be willing to do without questioning. We have to have trust in God Almighty, our Lord, Sovereign, Father God. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases their strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall we. Hallelujah. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Abba Yahweh, teach us to wait. To wait. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's important that we, that we wait on God. He leads and he will take us in. And he will express to us, but we have to be willing to wait for his timing. All is in his timing. And, you know, I've learned sometimes I have to remind myself, and this is the practicing of, of meditating. It takes practice to do, brothers and sisters. It just doesn't happen. Things are not automatic when you become a Christian or saved, that you float above the ground six inches and you just sort of float wherever you go and that you don't walk and that everything becomes automatic. You automatically know and understand. It doesn't work that way. Although God has the power and authority, he can bonk you on top of the head like a magic wand and, and make things happen, but he's not about that. He would like it. The lessons are those that are taught and learned. I learned this from my earthly father in growing up. And sometimes he would mention the fact that the best lesson sometimes is one that is hardest taught and the hardest learned. That's the best lesson. The difficulty in that lesson makes it profoundly steadfast in the thoughts. So with that being said, sometimes we're in the midst of a tumultuous situation. Instead of whining and crying and, oh, God, why, why, why? How about saying, Father, Abba, Yahweh, what are you trying to teach me? Is there something that you're trying to get my attention for? Forgive me, Father, for being unnoticing and, and help me. And then the Holy Spirit will come in and take you by the hand and off you go through the midst of this tumultuous situation. And then when you get to the other side, bing, illumination. All of a sudden you realize what that was about. But in the midst of it, don't be busy whining about why you're there. You just get held up in the middle of it. Remember, I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters. When you're going through a heavy duty rainstorm, do you, what do you do? You get down on your knees and say, no, I wish it would stop raining. No, you continue walking through the process. You get to the other side and then the rain stops or desists, or you get to a shelter and you can take time and recuperate and dry off a little bit. You keep walking through it, brothers and sisters, holding on to God's hand and he gets you through to the other side and then you can look back and reflect and say, wow, that storm's way back there now. I didn't realize we had come so far. 
Keep on walking. Keep on trudging. Trust in the Lord. So, brothers and sisters, in Psalm, I was going to read this in part, but I think in its entirety is is of import um, in this portion. Um, The whole thing here. So, I'm going to read... In Psalm 119, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his way. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Everything he tells us that we are to seek that and do so. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. And when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Brothers and sisters, be strong, be upright, be courageous, be righteous. And everything that we do and we share, do so in righteousness. And God will not disappoint. And he will help keep you there. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate and thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in the statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Brothers and sisters, David also wrote that song as a doe longs for flowing streams. So longs my soul for the living God. When shall I come to see thy face? Don't know. I would love to see, and actually I, I've been planning, and here's that thing, I in the middle, but it's not up to me, it's up to God. I've actually thought in the process of moving to Israel, wow, what an awesome thing it would be to be where Jesus did most of his teaching of his life in that area, and when he comes and he stands in the midst of the nation and the trump of the sound of the heavenly host, and they come from the clouds in heaven above, and all things are to his glory and the manifestation. But you know, that's up to God. It could still happen. He knows that I would like to be there, but his plan is what is of import, not from what I see or what I desire. Unlike David was just talking about. It has to be beyond our understanding, it's beyond our wisdom and our knowledge, but to seek him in those things. And I'm sharing two with you out of Psalms 
135 and 6. Well, actually, I'm going to go 4, 5, and 6. But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. What that means is that people are busy looking around and timing, tapping their foot and waiting for their time and and the time to come. Tap, 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 looking at the watch. Tap, 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 looking at the watch. Tap, 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 looking at the watch. Well, guess what, brothers and sisters? God's watch runs on an infinitely different time frame than ours does. His timing is perfect. Ours tends not to be so. I look around it and I see it happening all the time. I have people that come in and are screaming and hollering because they're running behind. And then they try to start telling me, you're going the wrong way. Well, no, actually I'm not. I'm going the right way. You just got on the wrong vehicle. You should have been on the other side of the street and going in that direction. I have to go all the way around and I'm not going to get back for two and a half hours. Oh, and then they start screaming and get upset. Let me off, let me off, let me off. So I let them off and then they go back and, and they have to cross the street and go back the other way. And sometimes it works out well for them and sometimes not because they're so silly. They're sitting down and one of the first things they do, they sit down and they pick up the cell phone and then they're not paying attention to what's going on until about a mile or so later. Then they get up and they look around and then they start manifesting this screaming and hollering attitude and that everything is somebody else's fault except theirs. They didn't check the direction that they needed to travel. They didn't check what the wording on the unit said. They just saw the number. Boom, jumped on and away we go, but we're going the wrong way because they didn't get on the right bus. Not because I'm going the wrong way. And I shared that with him. I said, well, I'm sorry that you think that, except that I'm going where I'm supposed to go and that you should have been on the other side of the street. I apologize. Let's take that, take care of that and we'll stop the very next stop and get you over to the other side. And sometimes they're very accepting of that. And sometimes when it's real hot, they just want to stay in the air conditioner. Oh, never mind. Just I'll stay and go to the end. And then they have to wait two and a half hours. So then I hear the conversation that they get on this little device and they start screaming into this phone about how I took them the wrong way. <laughs> Always the onus. See, this is the physicality part of it. When you come and your temporal thought and sight and all that, that you're not thinking outside the physical realm that we're in and that it's always seems to be someone else's fault Except your own. <laughs> yeah, not willing to accept the responsibility. So, brothers and sisters, I just share with you that it has to be about the temporal things set aside. And that those things that are not temporal, those things that are of the might of the Heavenly Father, God Almighty. It has to be in his timing and with his 
knowledge and wisdom, brothers and sisters, that we have such a finite mind, and it tells us that we can't do it in our own, that we're, there's many places in the Bible we're not going to be able to figure it out. We're not going to be able to figure out and say, oh, God meant to do this or he meant to say that. No, it does not work that way. So, brothers and sisters, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I share also that it has to be that we have to learn to wait. Many things and, and that Paul speaks about, talks about the manifestation of the word of God and, and those things. We have to learn to wait, the manifestation, meditation on the word, bringing that word to thought so that it manifests in, in our housing and our thought process. We have to learn how to do those things. We have to practice. We have to study to show ourselves approved. And here's a word from the prophet Isaiah. Just happened to turn to this page. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 47. Isaiah 47, 10. Now this is Isaiah is talking to the nation and their manifestations that they put the, their trust in the things and that, um, that their, their thought process is for the worldly things and that they are looking at what the reality is here on the earth instead of the spiritual reality. They have, they've lost their spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, so they've refused to look and seek God. So in um, Isaiah 47, 9 and 10, but these two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thy enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. So, here Isaiah is talking about the thought and that process and the thought that goes into the mind. I've shared with you before that our minds are the weakest point of attack and the devil knows that. So he puts these perversions into our mind and allows us to think these things and if we don't drive those thoughts out and away by meditating on God, that we need to meditate on this thing. We need to learn to meditate on that thought process and not on what the devil puts out there in the seed and that we see in the temporal. And I'm going to share out of Ephesians 2. Eight, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, 
not of works, lest any man should boast. Pride. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That is our purpose, and that is what we are. This place that we're in is not who we are. What we are is of the holy priesthood. I've shared with you that terminology before. Peter talks about it in his letters. We are of a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. We are called to share his word because his word is truth. Brothers and sisters, I am about my father's business. That's what I am about. He is my father, my God, my creator, my heavenly father, and I am in that priesthood. I am an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he is the only begotten son of God and that your faith is in God and that you allow the Holy Spirit to walk and guide and teach, then you too are an heir and a joint heir in the estate of heaven, God's heavenly estate. And we have part and parcel of that because we are that holy priesthood. We are that peculiar people. We are his, and we are about his work, sharing the gospel of God as Jesus Christ attempted to do when he was in this world teaching it, and the good news gospel that Jesus Christ has made the opportunity available for anyone that would choose that whomsoever should not perish but have everlasting life simply by accepting and believing and having faith. And remember, brothers and sisters, perishing has nothing to do with death. It has to do with the eternal separation from God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and your loved ones. You will not be with any of us. That is perishing. Brothers and sisters, think on this. Meditate on the word of God, his truth. Seek it, seek his face in all things. Have a blessed day. You are in my prayers always, my going out and my coming in.